Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hi, I'm Danny Kelly, and you're listening to the Danny Kelly TalkSport Daily podcast with me, Danny Kelly. Got it? Danny Kelly. On the show today, you'll hear from Tyson Fury on his switch to WWE, Unai Emery on Granite Xhaka gesturing at his own fans after he was substituted, and England's Elliot Daly on reaching the World Cup final after England famously tonked the All Blacks on Saturday. Now, to start off, here's the reaction from Arsenal fans on Simon Jordan's final word, also with me, Danny Kelly, to the Gunners' draw with Crystal Palace in a game that saw Granite Xhaka gesturing towards his own fans after the Arsenal captain was subbed off and subsequently walked straight down the tunnel. To be quite frank, I think the buck starts with Unai Emery here. I think um, he doesn't know his best team. And to be quite honest, I think putting Xhaka in the firing line, knowing... The, re- the reception he's been getting from fans, even deciding or deciding the players should pick him as captain, it makes no sense to me. And now, I, I'm Arsenal, I really think we're in a club in disarray. Like our current captain, nobody wants to Ricky, can I stop you there? Can I stop you there? You're, you're very interested. We come back in a second. We're now going back to the Emirates. We can hear the Moose has Unai Emery with him. Good evening, Unai. Good evening. Several incidents. First of all, the, the goal that was disallowed for your winner by Socrates, do you think it should have been a goal? I haven't understood the decision about the VR and, and from the referee. It's goal, no fall. And they check it. But uh, we received one penalty to the last match here on Bournemouth to, to Pepe, very clear. Didn't check and not penalty. Okay, I respect. Last week on Monday, we received a very clear penalty to, to Socrates when we were nil-nil. And now it's very important if you can start winning or losing because the match has changed a lot. But we respect and we lost, okay? And this evening, we checked the penalty, okay? It's goal, we respect. The second half, we scored the third goal to win because we deserve it and we, we, are, we are getting chances. And they check it for one fall. It's not fall. It's not fall. Because I check it so. And I, You've had a look I yourself, think, yeah? I, I think also I, I know something about the football. <laughs> but, OK, we respect. But I think this evening we deserve to win. And, and in normal decision, we, we won't that much. I must ask you about your captain. We've had some people calling into talk sport saying they're ashamed of his behaviour when he came off the pitch tonight. You decided to bring him off. He walked off slowly. He may or may not have... Uh, abuse or, or sentence obscenities towards the crowd, we don't know, but he did take his shirt off, he didn't go and shake your hand, and he walked straight down the tunnel. What do you make of that? 
he was wrong. He was wrong. But we are going to speak uh, first to, to him, with him, and, and then inside with the club. But uh, he was wrong. Does he remain your captain? We are going to speak about that uh, with him also and uh, to listen to him. But, uh, but I think he's, 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 he's uh, in one moment very... Uh, he was uh, very hot in that, in that uh, moment and, and, and he, he, his uh, reaction is, is, is wrong, was wrong. Now on Saturday, Everton beaten by Brighton and a lot of angry Toffees fans on the way back from the Amex Stadium had their say on game day, your verdict with Darren Bent and Lindsay Hipgrave. That VAR decision today, it just absolutely killed the game. Nobody in that whole ground knew what was going on. Do you know, everybody thought it was the, the, the lack of time or the, the time it was taken was because of a substitute. Then the next thing is the referee's finger goes to his ear and uh, big letters on the screen, checking penalty. Everyone was gobsmacked. Yeah. Even, the, you know, even everyone's looking at you, what's going on there? That killed the game. That's killing football. Yeah. It's absolutely obliterating football. And then I was listening to the game on TalkSport tonight, uh, the Chelsea game and the Burnley game, and uh, the, the penalty that was not given. That and was, that was hudson Odoi giving, giving a, a card uh, yeah. for, for diving in that situation. He's given a penalty. The referees give a penalty because of what he's seen and what he's interpreted, yeah? And he's, he's given that penalty. Back in the day, that would have stood. Do you know what I mean? Referees yeah. had the final say. Today, it's the same thing today. The referee, he just put his fingers to it. Even he didn't know what was going on. He signalled for the substitution to go on. I'm going to say something that's probably going to be hugely controversial, guys. I think Jordan Pickford is the most you know overrated keeper you know in, in, in the league. I knew it was coming. Because I, I, I was just looking at the first goal today. T- tell us why, Matt. You're, you're not the first person to have said that. It's he's, controversial, he's, isn't it? Oh, it goes back to, for me, uh, the, the ultimate calamity, and it was, it was a comical calamity last year, was when he collided. He came out for a ball and he had no reason to come out for a ball against your old team down in Tottenham. Yeah. And, and Kurt Zuma had it covered. I mean, we're talking 25 yards from the goal. He had it covered, and Jordan Pickford comes charging out on his line, collides with Kurt Zuma. Next thing you know, uh, Son's gone in and put the ball in the back of the net. Now, now my issue with Jordan Pickford is, as a shot stopper or as somebody who's stood there in front of a penalty taker, he's amongst the best in the league. But when it comes to switching on and concentrating... Concentration, yeah. And he flaps at high balls. Yeah, he flaps at high balls. He's terrible. for that. I I fundamentally believe that's why there's such a difficulty at Everton with set pieces, because they're so unsure at Jordan Pickford. And I think it it is beginning to show in the England games, conceding three goals against Kosovo. What's all that about? I don't blame Michael Keane. Yes, he was at fault for one of the goals, but I really do think the centre-halves that are playing in front of Jordan Pickford a hugely unsettled and massively negative towards the, their belief in, in his ability as somebody who can command a box. Now over to the warm-up, or as it's known, Barry Glendenning's warm-up and the inimitable Culverhouse game. Big moment now for Martin in Northampton. Uh, Barry was uh, has got a one-week ban for Culverhouse, and uh, Martin was the first man to ring in to play. Martin, thanks for coming on. How are you feeling? Well, it's both an honour and um, to you know step in for a man, a player, class of Barry. 
Yeah. But, you know, trying not to feel the pressure. Just Absolutely. Sort of, Absolutely. I'm, I'm rooting for you, Mark. In front of me. Also, you know, Jeff Stelling bottled this, so you are you're essentially, you know, you're you are you are filling a role that Jeff Stelling couldn't face himself. So obviously that that shows the character that you are, Martin. Uh, yeah, well, uh, either foolish or brave, we'll yeah. we'll see which. I just want to be honest with you, Barry will referee, but I, I will take no prisons. I've got to treat you with the respect uh, and I need to treat Culverhouse with the respect it deserves. You understand that? Culverhouse has to be the only winner. We okay. have the players. Okay, let's play. But okay. I really want you to be the winner as well, Martin. <laughs> okay, okay. Here, here, here we go. And I'm the referee. Okay, let's, let's, let's go. John Harkes. Vince Hilaire. John Sieverbeck. Gary Rowell. Phil King. John Judozzi. Lee Sinnott. Darren Peacock. Chris White. Brian Steen. Frank Yallop. Keith Houchin. Dave Bennett. Will Frostgren. Ian Carlhouse. <laughs> Oh, you were oh, doing so well, You Martin. were doing so well, but you just can't. I mean, there's just no place in the game for a Will Rostron. Uh, Martin, look, thanks for playing. Oh, it was it was a pleasure to make the step up, but I'm sure Barry will be back in his seat and taking the game back to the level he deserves next week. I well, won't I won't lie, Martin. I was nodding along approvingly. You, your Keith Houchin even got a, a, I, I wasn't a sure, mind I wasn't sure about Houchining uh, uh, at that stage of the game, if I'm really honest. But uh, listen, you were refereeing that game, and you know there's different interpretations, aren't there? So so there we go. But look, thanks so much for stepping up, Martin. What you've proved, though, to play at this level, it takes a lot, doesn't it? It's a huge, huge step up for a Sunday league player like myself. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Appreciate it. Brilliant. Um, uh, certainly, certainly better than Paddy the Villa fan. Yeah, uh, no, we, we, he, there was no shame in that. No, defeat. no. He's better than Andy Jacobs, who has a life ban. Over on fight night, Gareth A. Davis caught up with the lineal heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury. And Tyson was his usual shy, retiring flower of a self. Tyson, you've had an incredible few months. You've been seconded onto a new code, if you like. How are you figuring with it? Are you loving it or not? I'm handling it quite well. The, um, the exchange of sports, I'm, I'm fitting in quite well. I'm a natural entertainer and a, a fast learner, so I've been uh, getting the best out of it. Um, projecting ahead, are you, you're, you're, I mean, your eye looks amazing. Are you 100% looking at February the 22nd still 100%. to fight Deontay Wilder? Fighting Wilder wins and, and I don't get injured, then we're on for February 22nd. Have you found it challenging learning the skills of pro wrestling? Yes, I have found it challenging, but a challenge that I'm willing to take on and a challenge that I'm willing to, to learn to get better. Are you kind of the fact that you're doing this and not in the normal boxing training camp, has that been kind of an advantage for you in, in being able to step away from boxing training yeah, for a Yeah, it has to take my mind off boxing completely. Mm. I wouldn't be in training camp anyway, but um, it gives me something to do because I've just been um, doing not much at home, really, to mm. be fair. Mm. And I knew I had a long rest coming up in December. I won't be bothered, I won't be doing anything. 
so I didn't want to have October and November off as well, so I had to do this because I knew it was going to be a month-long job and I could be busy for a month and then I think I'm busy for the first half of November and then as far as I know, hopefully, touch wood, I'm free after that. When, when we last spoke, it was 7th of September, 8th of September, just before you were about to fight Otto Wallen. Did you have any idea at that point then, going into that fight week, that you might end up in the WWE in, no, in the, as, no. a, as a showman? Yeah, I only found out two weeks after I got back. And like I say, I found out on a Wednesday and I flew on a, on a Thursday. Wow. So it was all very snappy and quick. And did you literally have to make a, a decision there and then that were you going to do it or not? Yes, I did. It was very, very quick. No nerves involved no in this? Nerves or did you get nerves? or? No, because I know if I have to, I can bring these out and do a lot of damage to... Uh, Whoever's in front of me. And our guy Ben Davison, I'm surprised you haven't got him in there as one of your guys in the ring. No, ben, um, to... and me and Ben haven't had any contact since the Wallen fight. Yeah. I just a quick message or whatever, but I let Ben get on with his life and me the same. You know, we will spend a lot of time together, so he, he deserves a well earned break. Because I did he speak to him. To, uh, he doesn't have need... me He's coming him. to the Royal Rumble though, isn't he? I'm not sure. No, he is, no, he told me he is. I never spoke to him. This is how much I haven't spoke to him since. So you've literally been under the radar doing under the radar, minding my own business. I've never, I've, I've, I've spoke to a couple of the guys in the camp on a text message. That's it. I've not, I've not seen anybody. I've not, I've been away, haven't I? I was um, away training a friend of mine who uh, was told he was going to have an heart attack at any day if he didn't train. So I spent two weeks in a training camp with him immediately after I got back from Las Vegas because I promised him before I went to Las Vegas that I'd, I'd train, I'd train with him to get him back on track. So I did that. And then I, w I flew away to um, America, and I've been there since the last three weeks. You and I have known each other a really long time. I've known you, th known you through thin and thinner, and, uh, you know, but I think we have a genuine friendship and closeness. And it's very rewarding for me to see you being able to put your personality and your character on a bigger stage now, which is a fun and entertainment stage and because I know you as you know and it's you there in WWE it's yes, actually it you is. it's actually the real me and it's an exciting time for me you know I'm, I'm enjoying it and it's all new and you know with every new relationship it all goes really well at the beginning and then then it sort of fuzzles out mm. but um, hopefully we won't go on that long it won't fuzzle out but we will have you back in boxing. They haven't kept, they haven't stolen you from us forever, no? No, no, you know, I've got this one-off fight and uh, never say never, but nothing planned for the future with, with wrestling. But don't hold your breath. Now here's the best bits of Sunday Exclusive with Mark Saggers, Ray Houghton and Danny Mills. We know how difficult, and the word you use, tough love, whether you're a parent, whether you're, a, you're involved in any education and things, and the complexities of all of this as it is these days. One of the other things for me, though, shows how difficult it is at times for uh, the, the young kids these days, that they are now embedded in these clubs from such a young age when they also get to 17, 18, they might have got a pro contract but then get released, a lot of them as well fall completely out of love with the game completely um, because they they really thought they, they were going to make it. They're all dropping away from the game now and it is causing uh, a, another problem as such. I'm not talking about kids here who've been bullied or anything like that but they come out of the game because they're totally disillusioned with it. So that is another part well, you, that you lose, has to be sorted out. You with lose all a couple of, of years of education. Yes, um, and, and again, I, I know this. Of course, exactly. I've, I've been through it. My, my son's now going through a similar sort of yeah. process. You know, you get to that sort of fourteen, fifteen-year-old period, 
and said, right, okay, you're now, you know, you're at this club full time. You know, you're working, you're training pretty much five days a week, playing games. That's what you do. You know, you get to scholar age where you do GCSEs, you leave school, mm. you go to college one day a week, do a BTEC, which is... And pretty, then you get your first pro contract. Well, it's, well it, that BTEC is pretty that. pointless. It's, yeah. not, it's not really going to get you anywhere in life. It, it's almost, a, I, I still think it's almost a token gesture. Mm. But of course, at that point, no one in their right minds, you know, 14, 15 thinks, well, I'm, I'm going to focus solely on my education because you get one opportunity to be a footballer. You can't come back to it three years later. Education, you can maybe, and, and that's why it's difficult. But they believe so much they've got a chance. They've got a chance. And then, of course, they don't, and then they are disheartened. It's, it's heartbreaking. I've, I've seen it myself. But the percentage but can I, can is so I, small. Just, just, yeah. just what, from the outside looking in, I haven't got a child like Danny. I've not got a child like Danny that's going through the academy. But what I do see, Mark, we're the best players, young kids that are around, mm. from the ages of seven or eight, clubs are all over them mm. you're going to be a star of future you're, you're going to be great you're going to be brilliant so these young kids from 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 all they get is promotion everyone's saying yeah. how good you are you're yeah. brilliant you're this. so there's never anything about this could go wrong so then you get 14, 15, 16 and That's then you point. go into the you go into what you call the adult side of it mm. so you've gone as a young kid or as a prospect you're now going in at 18 where you've now got to learn your trade properly and then that's when you mm. get some coaches, rightly or wrongly, rightly or wrongly, telling you off. They've never had that before. And, and, and this, this, is, this is where there's a bit of a problem. I understand this Because what happens is that they get, they get smoke blown yep. up, whatever, and they, they are told, you're the best, you're brilliant, you're going to be the next this, you're going to be the next Ronaldo, you're going to be the next Harry Kane, whatever. So all these kids are told by agents, clubs, to get them to sign and get them to buy into the process. And the parents, they are told they are going to be the next superstar. Yeah, you're going to be the next superstar. All of a sudden, they, they join at 16, 17, when it becomes, starts to become serious. And, and actually, there's 11 of them in that squad. And, and all of a sudden, they're going, right, son, you need to run. Oh, no, no, I, I'm not doing that. No, no. And then, and then you've got that issue where players can start to be a little bit disrespectful to the coach. So I, I, I do have equally have sympathy for coaches as well. well that, as, that as, long, very, but very as, as long as they are adhering to the law of the yeah. land, uh, yeah. that's simple. Yeah. But I, can, I do understand this because one of the other things, and it, this is perhaps a discussion for another day, not now, I want to go back to the Liberty Stadium, is though that a lot of these play, young players, they're told, as you said, by not, so, not just the family at times, uh, but certainly by... Agents oh, or agents, people who are looking clubs, after them. Yeah. And they really are not getting an all-round level education. I'm, I'm talking here from, I know a lot of uh, PE teachers who used to do this job, th these jobs at the schools themselves when they the kids stayed on till 17, 18 and then were developed. Some of them made it as a professional career after that. But under those systems, they were sat down and told, what do you call it, tough love, but in the right way, what's expected of them to achieve what they want to do. Yeah, but the other thing you, Danny's saying now, you, you're a youngster coming through now, even at ages 10 or 11, you could be at the club for five days of the week. Yeah. You know, so how does that affect your, you know, your, your schooling? If you're thinking about, you're not thinking about your school, and you're thinking, oh, "I'm going to training tonight. I've got a game in this." So it can affect it in it many ways. Everything. It does affect. So that's what I come back to: is it right to take kids in at that age into your professional setup and take them away from the school? You've got to get that balance right. I say to kids, get the best education. Never go and talk at school. Get the best education that you can because mm. you don't know when a footballer, your career is going to end, when you're going to come out of it, and you need something to fall back on. And education's key to that. You're listening to Talksport Daily.
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode of the Talksport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent a Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. And we can head over to Japan, where South Africa beat Wales narrowly in the Rugby World Cup semi-final. After the game, TalkSport's roving reporter in Yokohama, Ollie Hunter, spoke to an understandably despondent Jonathan Davis. Jonathan, really, really tough defeat for you guys today. Yeah, really tough. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. How are you feeling? Uh, look, hurting. I think the boys have put in a hell of a shift tonight and over the you know, last few months and you know, a couple of years and we felt that we were right in the arm wrestle, we were in the test match and um, you know, credit to South Africa, they um, just got the result at the end. Uh, it, it seemed to be a quite a struggle with the, the wind and the box kicking and, and, and collecting those high balls, is that something that looking back uh, really affected the outcome of the game? Uh, I think it was just you know, fine margins, uh, little mistakes probably. Uh, given South Africa territory and possession in the first half, but um, you know I think um, uh, like games like that, I lost on fine margins, and you know a few things didn't go our way, and um, we'll um, we'll look to uh, review that and dust ourselves off and come back next week um, in a good place. 16-0. Did you think? With what five minutes to go, do you think right? We're back in this. We can do this. We we knew we were in this for the whole 80. You know, we knew we were in the arm wrestle. It was just about making sure that um, we kept our discipline and um, you know we kept building on what we wanted to do. And you know, it was just that probably last five ten minutes um, with a couple of errors. You know, cost us obviously cost us the game. And a word on the final: England versus South Africa. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know, I think it's two very good teams going up against each other and, um, you know, may the best team win. Cheers, John. Thank you. And staying with the World Cup of Rugby, England's Elliot Daly also spoke to Ollie Hunter in Tokyo after that semi-final win over the mighty, mighty All Blacks. We set out exactly what we wanted to do in the game and achieve what we wanted to do, so, yeah, it's perfect. And you had a perfect view of players like Manu and uh, Mauro, those huge hits, it, it makes your life so much easier, right? Yeah, I mean, um, defence wins big games, and um, today, like, the boys put it in again. Um, 
all across the forwards, really, and all across the back line. Uh, we're physical around the pitch, and that's what we wanted to do from minute one, and I think we did that to, from minute one to minute 80. How satisfying is it when what you've been working on for the last two and a half years, actually, just comes to fruition and you put away a quality side? Yeah, I mean, um, when we go into these big games, we, we speak about ourselves a lot, um, our process, what we want to get out of the game, and I think we came out firing in that first half and scored an early try and then um, just tried to put them down there and, and, and win the territory battle. And I think we did that in the first half. This week on Glory Hunters, team captain Will Meller was joined by German comic and Schalke fan Christian Schulte-Low, whilst Natalie Sawyer was alongside Impressionist and Liverpool fan Darren Farley. I'd like to hear Harry, Harry Kane. Kane. Harry yeah. Kane, OK. Uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a great season. I think that obviously we need to score goals. That's important. Uh, but yeah, listen, we've got great players who, who can score goals as well. But uh, it's not all down to me. We've got to see the other players who have got it. Yeah, obviously. Is there anyone that you wish you could do, but you just, for some reason it's just not working? Klopp. Klopp. Yeah. But do you, do you know what? I'll tell you one thing, right? When um, We had Rafa was Liverpool manager. Then it was Roy Hodgson was the pool manager. Do Roy, do Roy. You must, Roy. you must have a good Roy. Well, of course, obviously, very good to play. We have to play a very good performance, but of course, we've got to play very well. I think we struggled. <laughs> we struggled in one particular area today, the pitch. But, you know, both the... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yeah, basically, what you do, because I'm a, like a big Liverpool fan, when Brendan Rodgers had a bit of a, a dodgy period mm. as the manager, I was doing quite a lot of content because you go with the story and at the time Liverpool were losing even though you're a big Liverpool fan but oh God, I was getting, it was a bit of a backlash for me from my own fans Right. but you can't be you know what I mean you, you, you can't you, you've you got to tell the truth I suppose of course you, you have yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're know not a I mean? club spokesperson no you yeah, can't yeah. be biased sorry is the word I'm mm. looking for and you know at the time so if it did do Klopp there wouldn't really be much to go, go on because yeah. the only time you've got comedy is when stuff's going wrong yeah. Yeah. and with Jürgen Klopp Nothing's going wrong. It's all going great. Yeah, the Glory Hunters podcast is available right now as it is every Monday morning on Acast, Spotify and iTunes. And don't forget, it's QPR against Brentford and a West London derby in the Championship tonight from 7 o'clock on TalkSport 2. You've been listening to the Danny Kelly TalkSport Daily Podcast. That's the Danny Kelly TalkSport Daily Podcast. Make sure you click subscribe so this drops in your inbox every weekday morning. Thanks for listening and may your God go with you. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.